As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, the Chelsea FC podcast from The Athletic. On this episode, Lukaku Zap Zenit, we preview Sunday's London derby with Tottenham, round up the rest of the Chelsea news and test our panel's knowledge on stuff they don't actually need to know. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Straight Outta Cobham. Hello listener, welcome along then to our Thursday pod. It's me, Matt Davis-Adams, joined by two of The Athletic's Chelsea experts. Hello Dominic Fifield. Hello Matt, how are you? Uh, all right, thanks. Yeah, getting by, uh, he said dishonestly. Uh, Simon Johnson, how are you, more importantly? Wonderful. Couldn't be better. Hey, great. <laughs> uh, or Chelsea, <laughs> I mean, it, it, was it sarcastic? Was it genuine? We'll, we'll maybe never know. We'll find out as the podcast. <laughs> I think we know. Uh, Chelsea begun the defence of their Champions League trophy on Tuesday. We'll have a look back at the win against Zenit next. happy with the win uh, against a tough opponent but um, you know we really kept the game under control uh, yeah we have to keep growing I think today was a better performance than we did at the weekend I'm happy with the win happy with the goal so you know happy days for us it was a deserved win but it was was hard hard work it's the Russian champions they did a, a good match and it took us a while to to also make them tired and then uh, with our intensity so good one and I like what I saw Chelsea won Zenit nil as the Blues kicked off their Group H campaign. They're not pretty or memorable by any stretch of the imagination. But once again, Chelsea used their cheat code to get the job done. Uh, Dom, you were at Stamford Bridge, as was I, on Tuesday night. Great line from your piece already up on The Athletic. No Chelsea player boasts more goals at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League and Champions League combined under Thomas Tuchel than Romelu Lukaku. It's getting a bit difficult to talk about Chelsea games without starting with Lukaku, but he's the difference maker. Yeah, I found exactly that that problem on the basis that Simon had written a very nice piece about Lukaku effectively at the weekend, and then I'm confronting this in midweek, and he's he's Lukaku's gone and done it again. He, he is the difference. Um, I, I do. I, I fell short of saying that he's masking over uh, a few issues at the club at the moment because. 
when you've got a 97.5 million pound striker who is scoring as efficiently ruthlessly as he is that's a very nice um very nice asset to have on your hands and when you look at the talent they've got attacking wise playing just behind him or wide of him again there are so many different options there for Tuchel it uh, most managers across the Premier League and and most Champions League clubs would love to have those inverted commas problems um but but the, there is there is something slightly off at the moment and I don't know whether it's it's, it's probably a combination of the international window the early stage of the season with a disrupted pre-season post post tournament uh, with players at different stages of fitness and form and an element of experimentation in what Thomas Tuchel is doing in, in the selections that he's 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 putting out there but it, it doesn't feel quite comfortable behind Lukaku at the moment I mean there were large periods of that game on Tuesday night where it looked as if Chelsea in shape were actually playing split strikers with Mason Mount as another striker alongside Lukaku and, and Ziyech sort of sitting in as that number 10 in what was more I suppose a 3-5-2 or whatever and I don't it didn't look as if Mason Mount was was comfortable being that far up the pitch uh, he wasn't able to make those runs from deep that that and in the transitions that that he's so good at. Ziyech just looked a bit lost all night, really, until he was substituted. I feel sorry for him because he was obviously the player of preseason before he did his shoulder injury in the Super Cup. Havertz is in and out. Werner's played nine minutes in the in the league uh, alongside Lukaku so far. Um, Pulisic is obviously injured. Callum Hudson-Odoi is a player that I think it's fair to assume wants to play anywhere but wing-back, really, in this Chelsea team. Um, so there are a few little things that, that, that Tuchel is having to juggle. And you know what, I, I'm ignoring, ignore Spurs on Sunday because he'll put his what he perceives to be his strongest team out for that game. But I'm intrigued to see what selection he comes up for the, the League Cup match next week against an Aston Villa team because presumably that is a game that is a prime time to to rest Lukaku so does Timo Werner get a run out through the middle I mean where what combination does he put in behind him Um, I think that'll be quite telling because that will show more what his thinking is as to which players need game time Uh, Simon you are widely regarded as a a glass half full kind of guy (laughs) does that mean (laughs) full of what (laughs) well yeah yeah that's a very important (laughs) (laughs) does does that mean that 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 yeah, you're cool. kind of thinking, well, Chelsea aren't playing well, but they're winning games, so that's the main thing. Or are you concerned that we saw against Villa on Saturday and against Zenit on Tuesday, as Dom said, that it's it's all looking a little bit stodgy behind Lukaku? Um, uh, first and foremost, I think it's positive that you've got you've got this guy that is doing exactly what he's paid to do and um, what they paid the big bucks for, and instantly sort of go, well, this is why Chelsea are a genuine threat in all competitions because they've got this guy that is going to score goals for fun. There is a kind of a peace whenever a chance comes his way. There's a sort of, this is going to be a goal. Um, whereas in previous seasons, it's been, oh, oh, you know, is this going to be a goal or not? Is he going to fluff his lines uh, regarding to previous strikers or even a current one? Um, but... I'm not too concerned because it's only been two home games. Uh, I think we're kind of forgetting the the encouraging link-up win with Mount and Havertz uh, that took place in 
in the Arsenal Liverpool games, mm. uh, well, half the Liverpool game. I think that that's a trio that, that that's definitely got uh, room to be uh, a lot of room for improvement, but definitely sort of the, there's something there. Uh, I think it's I think the problem is is that someone like Ziyech, for example, that was his opportunity to 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 threaten that sort of first choice trio, and he didn't take it. Um, and you saw how despondent he was when he was substituted. He looked pretty sort of down. But I, I sort of went, well, you don't really have many complaints because you've not done enough. You've not taken your opportunity. And and we should say as well, Mason Mount has set the bar very high, um, but that was one of his poorest games for Chelsea. But I just think it's, it's a blip, you know, as far as he's concerned. You know he's going to be starting against Tottenham and... And probably have one of his best games. That's just the way he is. I, I, I still think there's more room for optimism than the negativity. It's it's the cliche, isn't it? A sign of a good team is 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 when they win without playing well, and they've done it two games in a row. And what they are doing well, Dom, at the moment is defending. Another clean sheet here. Juba maybe should have changed that at the end, but but other than that, looked pretty comfortable at the back. And and Mendy really shoving Simon's words down his throat in the last couple of weeks. He's been excellent. <laughs> oh, that rings familiar. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all part of a cunning plan. Oh, is it? That was it, yeah. <laughs> Knock him down to build See, them up. That, that's what I was doing with Zayesh, you know. Was, <laughs> he's my next target. <laughs> but they are very, very solid. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, I think Zenik, they created that one chance, Ubo, in... in, in Ten minutes from time, which he should have scored, he should have scored, and and then it would have that would have changed the complexion of of how we're feeling completely. Because suddenly, if, you, if you're drawing that game and your next match is away at Juventus in Turin, uh, in, in and they've won three 0 away in, in Malmo, I mean, you, you you're suddenly then playing catch up in the group, and it's all sort of slightly dicier than it would have been. But other than that chance. I think there was, there was one where Reese James' little interception at the back post to stop Claudinho having a, a tap in, but they didn't create anything else. And that that really was a reflection of Zenit's ambition as well. They put ten behind the ball and they they tried to make it difficult um, and 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 make the play stodgy. And and that in itself dictated how how the game went. It then became an exercise in in breaking them down. And when you have you know people that can deliver. The quality of the cross that Cesar Pelicueta did, and and moreover, a striker at the top of his game who who just feels that he's going to bury every single chance that comes his way, and and that was probably the the only real clear cut chance that he had all night. Then that will set you apart, and and it duly did. Um, I, I I agree. With, I mean, I don't want to. It's no. It's, I'm not going to go over the top. This 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 is just when you've got such a good team. And you've got such good players on your books, um, and and things don't quite click. I think it just probably exaggerates the issue. I would. There are so many different managers and teams out there that would love to have these kind of problems. Um, Chelsea will hit their rhythm. I fully expect them towards the, you know, before we go into our next international break in in mid October. I, I fully expect Chelsea to be functioning on all cylinders with you know proper rhythm to their game proper tempo in their passing and, and, and intensity again it's just a bit of a hangover from the last international break and it, it may be that affects them again you know in the second half of October when they come back it's just the way it is it seems to affect the bigger clubs and it more than the than the smaller tighter units who maybe don't have quite so many players going away on international duty um I mean, some of those some of those teams actually came back and they've looked far more upbeat since since the resumption of play. But 
it's, it's, it's not a major issue. It's just, it's almost like when you see the selections and you see the players at his disposal, you, you want to see them scintillating football. You want to see them absolutely wiping the floor with opponents, but sometimes it's not that easy. Finally on Zenit, Simon, just to say that Chelsea have won on match day one is a big thing. You know, 0-0 against Sevilla last season, that, that didn't prove to be that much of a problem. But the defeat on, on match day one at home to Valencia the season before that was not great. I remember them losing to Basel as well and to Jose Mourinho once. So as we've seen with, with Manchester United this week, you give yourself a big problem if you don't pick up three points in the first game. And, and this this was a potentially tricky one. Everybody expects Chelsea and Juventus to go through, but Zenit... No mugs, and even if they think they're playing for third place, you know that that was a game that they could have taken a point from. So a big result for Chelsea, even if it wasn't a particularly impressive performance. Yeah, uh, points all that matters really in the group stage, particularly early on. You just want to get qualification done and dusted as quickly as possible. It sets Chelsea up for the for the away game in in Turin. They would sort of be quite happy, I'm sure, to take a point from that. Then you win your back to back with Malmo, and and you you're pretty much there on on ten points already with two games to go, and that sort of gives you certainly Thomas Tuchel in the latter in the last two games the possibility of, of perhaps sort of rotating a lot more and, and giving key players a rest. That would be what what would be the target in his mind. I also find a little bit of familiarity breeds contempt with the group stage. It is a bit of a is a bit of a tedious grind. I can imagine the the players being a little bit like, oh, here, here we go again. You know, it's it's. Is that why you've made me do all the group games in this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? It. Hold on. It is a tedious grind, Dom. You're welcome to it. Um, <laughs> no, but the, it is a bit like you know, with the national team, England sort of World Cup. Quite, there's everything to lose and little to gain um, from qualifying. Um, but I'm very confident that that Chelsea will get through. Um, but, that, that said, Ben Chilwell will get his first seven minutes since. Since the yeah. Champions League final, and, and even Robin Loftus Cheek came off the bench for about twenty yeah, yeah. seconds. So I mean, it's it's little things, little things. Well, I think I think that is the a genuine sort of positive thing about the Champions League is it does with the extra subs etc. It does give, and I think Tuchel's even talked about this the the opportunity for him to sort of give the fringe players a a run out. I mean, I think it's ridiculous Ben Chilwell's had to wait this long, but. Of course, that was one of the things, the most interesting thing that came out of the pre-match press conference that, that Tuchel talked about how Ben Chill has been mentally affected by his treatment with England in the summer. Um, and of course, Ben Chill has spoken before about his, his issues with mental health. I did think that he was poorly treated um, during the England camp. Obviously, Luke Shaw rightly proved why he should be the starting left back but I think particularly that game against Ukraine when England were what three or four nil up 25 minutes to go you bring on Kieran Trippier at left back I thought that was quite a slap in the face and um, it's understandable why Ben Chilwell's confidence was not quite a bit well, Chilwell is in contention to start the next game they're coming thick and fast for Chelsea just now we'll preview Sunday's Derby Day next Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Tottenham away, always one of the first games Chelsea supporters seek out when the fixture list is released. The Blues have won both matches to nil in the Premier League at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium since its makeover. In terms of team news for Sunday's game, Simon, Kante and Pulisic out. Uh, are we expecting Kante at least maybe to, to come back? And, and is he going to go straight back into the team if so? Because Kovacic and Jorginho have been pretty good together. Um, yes and yes, I think is, is my answer. Um, Tuchel sort of said that N'Golo had been back in training, but effectively was like, I'm saving him for the important game. Um, so he didn't play him um, against Zenit with Tottenham in mind and I think that says it all really um, so yeah I'd fully expect him to start on Sunday Pulisic I don't think he'll be back in time he, he's, he seemed no closer to return from his uh, ankle injury at international GT and, and I doubt he would start anyway so yeah I think Conte with well it's a bit of a toss up really because Kovacic has really really started the season well not that Jorginho hasn't, but Kovacic really seems to have uh, added a bit more uh, bite end product to his game. And yeah, it's a, another tough decision for Tuchel. I'd be very surprised if Sal Nuguez starts, put it that way. I'm, I'm, I'm ruling him <laughs> out of a starting place. I agree with Simon. That is a real dilemma as to who starts alongside N'Golo Conte in, in, now in that Chelsea midfield. Because... You know, prior to that game on Tuesday night, you got Jorginho getting the award for UEFA's Champions League Player of the Year or Decade or Century or whatever it was <laughs> from Seferin. And then Kovacic, I mean, I, I don't attend as many, I haven't attended as many Chelsea games in the flesh in the last 18 months as, as Simon has. But to me, Kovacic looks completely transformed, even physically to what he was going into the pandemic, basically. Um his energy levels, the way he gets around the pitch, the the confidence—he just looks like a player that that is at ease now in in the Premier League and 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 a regular. He's got that sort of strut to himself that he looks as if he he feels as if he belongs. And some of, I mean, I still can't get over that pass against Aston Villa that sent sent Romelu Lukaku away for the first. I mean, it was a phenomenal spot and delivery. So I think there is a there is a bit of a dilemma there as to. Who plays, and you think if if it's going to be in a sort of aggressive derby game, then actually there might be an argument to start with Kovacic over Jorginho alongside Conte, or indeed to go with Jorginho and 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 Kovacic if if Angola Conte isn't quite up to speed match fitness wise. So that's an interesting one. We mentioned earlier front three we would think would probably be Mount Havertz and and Lukaku. What about the three at the back, Simon? I wonder if Andreas Christensen and Thiago Silva could and will play together. It seems like it's, it's Rudiger plus two, doesn't it? But but Silver and Christensen have both really impressed me in recent weeks too. But it, it, I don't know, just in my mind, stylistically, it's an either-or with those two. It, it does seem that way, although the game finished against Zenit, didn't it, with, with uh, Christensen moved to the right and Silver in the middle. I'd be surprised if that's the way it starts on, on Sunday. I think it will be, as per Equator, 
as the right-sided centre-back and then it is a choice, a really difficult choice. I think Christensen's played more games than, than Silva so far and, and he's a very tough person to leave out, which is a huge compliment to how he's risen, how, how his game has improved. Um, but Thiago Silva is, every time he plays for Chelsea, he, he brings that quality, that experience. It's a great... Great. It's one of the great decisions that Tuchel has for for all the positive reasons. He is a. I don't want to jinx either one of them, but it feels like a no lose decision. It's like wh- whoever you put in there, they're they're now delivering every time they they put on the shirt. I just wanted to do a little shout out to to Rudiger and the, and the impact that he made in midweek again because that game was ambling. Um, even even with Chelsea slightly more intense after after half time, but five minutes into that second half, that injection of pace that he he put into the into the contest by when he picked the ball up from a throw in just outside his own penalty area, and the next thing you know, I think he took ten touches. The tenth touch being a, a shot, he just burst straight down the middle. Nobody came close to him, um, and it really panicked Zenit and actually forced them back. Um, Eleven minutes later, he's he's doing what he does at the other end with a nice saving tackle to to stop Asmoon um, as he was threatening to to bear down on goal. And we're almost again a player that's almost come to the fore on the quiet, Rudiger, um, if you can say on the quiet for somebody who's quite outspoken sometimes. Um, he he just looks apart, and it's it's interesting that the contract situation is rumbling along still, and and we don't quite know what's going on in terms of whether he he will stay beyond the end of this season uh, there were another flurry of stories in midweek about that as well so intriguing one to watch What about Spurs Dom you, you saw your beloved Palace dismantle them last week plenty to plenty to work on there for Chelsea in terms of what they can exploit I know they'll have other players back but they will also have played two days later than Chelsea so they can be got at I think you might oh, say Too right I mean don't get me wrong, I'm not getting carried away. That was a wonderful time for Palace to be playing Tottenham Hotspur at the weekend, given the, the problems that they had in selections and then losing both centre-halves over the course of the game. But they're talking about uh, Christian Romero and Davinson Sanchez coming straight back into the Spurs team for, for the weekend. And you know what, that doesn't... I don't think Romelu Lukaku is going to be looking at those those two thinking, whoa, I don't want to get any joy out of these. I think he'll be licking his lips at the prospect, quite frankly. Thrusting together a, a new centre-half partnership in such a big game against such a, a good player playing in the way that he is, I, I think he'll be relishing that. Um, there's, It's funny, Spurs, I know they had that pristine start to the season with the first three wins and three clean sheets, three 1-0 victories, but it's a bit of a tinderbox there, I think. I don't think people, I think those Spurs fans are going to be particularly accepting of, of the type of football that Nuno Espirito Santo is going to be playing. The Kane situation is unsettling for them as well. He, I mean, when you've got a a star striker who he will put his all in, absolutely, he'll be professional and he'll he'll do his very very best. But everybody knows he doesn't want to be there. Uh, it's it's not ideal, and um, and the 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 biggest absentee arguably at the moment is Son. I mean, because of the combination with Kane and because of the the way he he gets that ball up the pitch, carries the ball up the pitch, and the threat that he poses on the counter attack and. If they don't have Son and they have a, a a new centre-back pairing for this match, they are vulnerable and, and and Chelsea will travel with a certain amount of confidence, I would have thought. What do you think, Simon? Chelsea favourites to win here? Well, 
there is the caveat, of course, and, and I appreciate Son's not missing, but, but Spurs, I can see Spurs playing in a very similar way to how they beat Man City and, of course, sort of how, how Villa played against Chelsea on Saturday, even Zenit to a degree, you know, that sort of frustrate, sit back, then play on the counter. So there might be sort of hope for them there. But Chelsea have, have been to Arsenal and won. They've been to Liverpool, played very well there. Um, I'm not saying Chelsea win the game, but they, they will be going into it with a lot of confidence. Half past four UK time is the kickoff for that one. We will, of course, react to it in Monday's show. This episode is supported by season three of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Elsewhere in Chelsea news, the under-19s kicked off their UEFA Youth League campaign with a 3-1 win against Zenit at Cobham on Tuesday. They were behind at half-time before goals from Charlie Webster, a Harvey Vale penalty and a Jude Soonsup Bell effort turned things around. Vale missed a late penalty at the next game away to Juventus at the end of the month. The women's team found out their opponents in the Champions League group stage earlier this week. Once again, they'll face Wolfsburg, their old foes who they eliminated in last season's quarter-final. They've also been paired with the Swiss side Servet and Juventus, who are now under the management of the former Arsenal boss Joe Montemoro. It's the first time the women's competition has included a group stage. Match day one takes place on the first week of October. In terms of weekend games, the women's team aren't in action. There's an international break. The men's under-23s host Arsenal at Stamford Bridge on Sunday. The under-18s are also at home. They welcome Blackburn to Cobham on Saturday. Right, listener, if you've been tuning into our Thursday pods this season, you'll know it's time for a quiz. Uh, Results thus far have been mixed. Uh, Let's see how the chaps get on today. Tottenham versus Chelsea is the theme. Three questions each. Here we go. Dom, you can kick us off. Uh, Last season... Well, the, I think these questions are easier than, than last week. Dom, well, you've one got of them a great chance. Anyway. You're playing me. <laughs> Dom, last season, I mean, well, it I did like a lot longer. Games, than yeah, that. yeah, yeah, good, yeah. 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 Uh, pre-pandemic, Chelsea went to Spurs in the third round of the League Cup, eventually losing on penalties. Who made their Blues debut that night? One all draw after 90 minutes, straight to penalties. Eric Dyer got diarrhea. Tamori. It was not Tamori. It was Edouard Mendy. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, here you go, Simon. Chance to go 1-0 up. One of the Blues' most famous wins at White Hart Lane was the 6-1 shellacking dished out back in 1997. Who got a hat-trick for Chelsea that day? Tori Andrew Flo. Correct. Straight away as well. Very impressive. 
Uh, 1-0 then. Uh, here's your second question, Dom. The final meeting between the sides in the old Division 1 at White Hart Lane came in August 1991. <laughs> Chelsea won it 3-1. I want to know who was the only non-British or Irish player in the Blues starting lineup that day? Ken Moncow? No. It's a good guess, though. Great it was... Do you know who it was, Simon? Erling Jonsson. Well, you started yeah. to say it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, great yeah. effort, Erling Well done. Yeah, unlucky. 0 for 2, though. <laughs> Zero. <I'm afraid. laughs> uh, Simon, this is quite an easy... I feel like you've got all really easy ones, actually, Simon, to be fair. Uh, Ch- Chelsea won 4-2 at White Hart Lane back in October 2012. Juan Mata got two. Gary Cahill scored a spectacular bicycle kick. Daniel Sturridge added a fourth late on. What I want to know is, which former Chelsea defender got Spurs' first goal that day? Oh, that's just so easy. Oh, I've had a brain fade. Can I can I get a point back if I get it? Uh, uh, I'll let Lucy decide on that. But uh, two points, to Lucy. <laughs> half. Say. Lucy says half. half. Okay. Point. Right, uh, Simon, is the, the floor <laughs> is still open. I'm, I'm going to get uh, allow Dom to get the equaliser because I've I've totally forgotten. William Gallas. William Gallas is correct. Well done, Dom. Thank That's you very much. All right, so Dom, you're on half a point. I was just picturing Gary Cahill's volley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. Two of us still writing about that now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Gaza, miss you. Uh, here's your last question, then, Dom. Which former Chelsea and Tottenham manager turned motorsport enthusiast failed to complete the 2018 Dakar rally? Yes. He injured his back after crashing into a Peruvian sand dune on just the fourth day of the event. He wasn't even in Peru. (laughs) (laughs) Got majorly Uh, off-piste. Yeah, yeah. Remember Andre Villas-Boas? That was weird, wasn't it? Uh, Anyway, well done. So you got one and a half points. Uh, So, Simon, this is for the win. Scandalous. You're going to love this question. Scandalous. Jose Mourinho managed Chelsea and Spurs. One of those jobs was more successful than the other. The crucial question, though, is how many followers does Mourinho have on Instagram? (laughs) I'll give you the point if you get to within 100,000. I'm so confident I've won now. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. again. That's a brutal question. I mean, it's just pure guess, isn't it? Uh, it's got to have quite a few. Uh, 6.1 million. Dom, can you offer any advance on that? I, I genuinely don't care. <laughs> He's won. <laughs> Jose's yeah. going to be gutted that, that the actual number is way, way below what you thought. <laughs> Two and a half million is all he's got. Pathetic. <laughs> Um, okay, well, Dom, you've won. Well done. You should um, not be losing a Chelsea quiz to me. <laughs> not as a former Spurs correspondent on the London Evening Standard as well. <laughs> a lot of head shaking going on uh, at Shane Johnson at the moment. Uh, there's plenty. Of t- it's a long season, Simon. You, you, you'll get yeah, a lot of defeats. Uh, I feel like Norwich. Uh, right more quiz based shenanigans next Thursday that'll just about do it for today though before we say goodbye let's hear what the chaps have been working on for athletic subscribers to enjoy Simon you can go first Um, I am writing up which should be out tomorrow which is what day is it today (laughs) so Friday uh, an interview with Dominic Solanke the uh of course, Chelsea's outstanding academy product that's had a few tough times, um, but he's now lighting it up in the championship with Bournemouth and, and showing just why he was highly rated. Um, and then I'll get Dom to talk about 
uh, the joint piece that we're, we're doing on ahead of the Tottenham game. Yeah, looking good for Dom. Scored again against uh, QPR in their win in midweek. Uh, a joint piece on Spurs then, Dom? Yeah, on the rivalry already between Chelsea and, and Tottenham and, and the modern day boardroom rivalry, really, that has seen um, all these uh, mooted transfers between the two clubs and peter out into nothing um, and the reasons behind that, really. It's being led by our one of our Spurs writers, Charlie Eccleshare, and we're we're very much uh, flinging ourselves into it as well. Excellent. Athletic.com slash Chelsea pod. The place to go to sign up if you aren't currently a subscriber. Uh, if you listen to us on a podcast platform that offers you the chance to give us a review, it'd be good if you could give us five stars as well. That helps other Chelsea supporters to find us. Uh, many thanks for listening today. Do join us on Monday if you can. Until then, from all of us here, it's goodbye. <music>